boy. Talk about bad timing. Last week, Albert, my producer, and I, we put together a podcast uh, in the, I don't know, in the early afternoon. And it was a pretty good podcast talking about the issues of the week. And uh, we had some nice clips in there. And then I guess it was in the early evening, the Supreme Court decision, Alito's Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade was released. And nobody wanted to talk about anything else. All of a sudden, the podcast did not seem that important to anybody, including me. And the whole week was spent talking about this uh, possible and probable impending Supreme Court decision that would abolish Roe versus Wade. So that's going to be the topic today. Um, it was ironic that in the same week that the Taliban came forward and said that all women in Afghanistan have to be covered from head to ankle. I mean, actually, I, I don't, you can see their feet. That's all right. All those, I guess those, those foot fetishists in Afghanistan are going to be going crazy and saying, thank you, Taliban. That's really what I'm interested in. Uh, but the um, Alito Supreme Court uh, at least the draft decision, was released to Politico and printed in its entirety, um, 95 pages, I think it was. Um, and it caused a whirlwind of outrage and exaltation and distraction and political commentary um, across the nation. Now, I've done shows on television about abortion and really they're not very satisfying because you have to argue against a belief most of the time you're debating somebody who believes that the very moment of conception there is a human being there or a human life even there even though it hasn't been implanted uh, in the womb, even though there are one million spontaneous abortions in this country. Do you know that? Do you know there are a million cases where that fertilized egg uh, generally falls into the toilet? Uh, you know, when a woman, um, when when her, when that fertilized egg hasn't been implanted. So that, that's a million times. If that's, if that's human life, I mean, shouldn't we put a strainer under the toilet to capture it and pray over it, give it, you know, a, a proper burial? I mean, this whole thing is um, riddled with what are, in my mind, illogical inconsistencies. I once, it was Bob Grant's retirement dinner, and I sat against a, a cross from a conservative priest who assumed, since I was a talk show host and I was there at Bob Grant's dinner, that I would be uh, anti-abortion, anti-woman, anti-choice. And uh, we started talking. And at one point when he discovered that I wasn't, he said, um, we started to discuss this issue. And he said, don't you know, man, that a chestnut cannot grow into anything but a chestnut tree? And that fertilized egg cannot grow into anything 
but a human being. It can't grow into a horse. It can't grow into a tree. It can only grant, it can only grow into a human being. And that just as that chestnut can only grow into a tree. But I said, yeah, but when we roast chestnuts on an open fire, I don't call Smokey the bear because there's a forest fire going on. So, I mean, that's usually when we, where we end up. And I've asked this question over and over on Facebook, on people that I know who are, uh, uh, you know, anti-choice for a woman. What are the reasons, other than religious, for banning a first trimester termination of pregnancy? Give me some reasons why first trimester pregnancies should be abolished. And the answer I get over and over again, well, it has a heartbeat. No, it doesn't have a heartbeat. These heart, they call them heartbeat bills. But at six weeks, there's no heart. There are a clump of cells that start to have, uh, you know, a, an electrical uh, pattern that is manipulated. But when people go, and this, I, I didn't even know this myself. Do you know that when parents go for a sonogram during pregnancy and they say, oh, I want to hear the heartbeat, I want to hear the heartbeat, that the sound they are hearing is manufactured by the ultrasound machine. They are not listening to a heartbeat. In fact, they're not even listening to a fetus. They're listening to an embryo. An embryo becomes a fetus after eight weeks of pregnancy, not six. And a heart in a fetus does not develop until the 20th week. If you don't believe me, go look it up. Uh, go look at the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists who say what is interpreted as a heartbeat is actually electrically induced flickering of a portion of the fetal tissue. It will become a heart in 20 weeks. The term heartbeat is not anatomical and clinically real at that stage of pregnancy. And listen, if we're talking about this being a heartbeat, people who are brain dead have a heartbeat, and yet they're legally declared dead. Is that a human being there too, still alive? Because the law says they're legally dead. You take them off the ventilator and uh, they pass into whatever great beyond you can imagine or your religion tells you. And that brings me to the other big elephant in the room. And that is the religious element of this. There has been a political conspiracy for about for 40 years to get justices on the court that would declare abortion illegal. And in this particular case, when Donald Trump was running, he said, I will appoint judges who will overturn Roe versus Wade. And he went to a Catholic zealot, an ardent Catholic, if I may borrow Diane Feinstein's phrase, the dog, 
the dogma lives loudly in a guy called Leonard Leo who ran the Federalist Society. And he gave Trump a list of judges' names that would assuredly overturn Roe versus Wade. And two out of three of them had the dogma live loudly, the Catholic dogma. They were Catholics like uh, Leonard Leo. And one of them was raised a Catholic, but he goes to an Episcopal church. That's Gorsuch because his wife was an Episcopal. So you have these five justices. By the way, Roberts is a Catholic as well. And so is uh, Justice Sotomayor. But you have five Catholic justices, or six, yes, uh, Six or five, five Catholic justices, six if you want to throw in Roberts. Making this decision, which enforces the doctrine and the dogma of the religious church they belong to. Now, we're not supposed to say, in our government, we don't have a religious test. But don't tell me we have to cover our eyes and make believe that religion has nothing to do with this. On the other hand, everybody's going, oh my God, how could this have happened? How could this have happened? Well, Trump promised you that he would appoint judges to overturn Roe versus Wade. What's really kind of strange is that neither Trump nor most Republicans are beating their chests in victory over this decision because they know how unpopular it is. Two-thirds of Americans don't want Roe versus Wade overturned. But um, Trump promised it would happen. Leonard Leo promised he would deliver those judges. They were rammed through by Republicans uh, one of them in place of Merrick Garland, as we know, and then another uh, because it was too close to an election. And then the sec the third one rammed through two weeks before an election. All of a sudden, the rules don't matter. You just make up the rules. And one of the rules is what happens to people who choose to have an abortion? Now, if you really think abortion is murder, and I've always brought this up. If you really think that, you know, uh, the hundreds of thousands every year of abortions or millions over the years is a true Holocaust, why shouldn't the women who make that choice to murder their babies, why shouldn't they face a charge of murder in our legal system? Well, you might say, well, you know, she didn't perform the abortion. It was the doctor that performed. Yes. If a woman hires a hitman to kill her husband, she didn't kill her husband. The hitman shot him in the head. But yet she's still going to be charged with murder. So what should happen to women who pursue legal abortions? Donald Trump, when he was running in the primaries, had an opinion about this. Here it is. 
This presidential election is going to be very important because when you say what's the law, nobody knows what the law is going to be. It depends on who gets elected because somebody's going to appoint conservative judges and somebody's going to appoint liberal judges depending on who wins. I've so, never understood the pro-life position. Well, I never understood it because I understand the principle. Understand. It's human life as people see it. But what, crime, what, well, what crime is it? Well, it's human life. No. Should the woman be punished for having an abortion? Uh, look. I would say that it's a very serious problem, and it's a problem that we have to decide on. Uh, is it's very? But you're I mean, for are you going to say, well, wait? Are you going to say put them in jail? Are you, is that? Well, the no. What I'm that asking you, about? because you say you want to ban it. What's I, that I mean? Would, I am against. I am pro-life. Yes. What is ban? How do you ban abortion? How do you actually do it? Well, you know, you'll go back to a a position like they had, where people will perhaps go to illegal places. Yeah. But you have to ban it. Do you believe no, in? But, but you're, do you believe in punishment for abortion? Yes or no? A principle. Uh, the answer is that there has to be some form of punishment for the woman. Yeah, there has to be some form. Ten cents, ten years. I don't what? know. That I don't know. That well, why I don't not? Know. I don't you know. You take positions and everything else. I frankly, I do take positions and everything else. It's a very complicated position. Yes, I'm asking. You're running no, for no. president. I'm not. Chris, I'm asking you. Chris, what should a woman face no, no, if she chooses I, I to have I'm an abortion? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play that game. You, game. You have. You, you said you're pro-life. You have. I am pro-life. That means banning abortion. And so is the Catholic Church pro-life. And so is the Catholic Church pro-life, as, as Leonard Leo and his appointees knew very well. Now, Trump later backtracked from that statement when he came under attack during the primary from some of the other candidates. But there are states now that want to charge a felony, a crime, with a person performing abortion, I don't know whether it's it's going to involve the woman, but if the woman solicits the doctor to perform the abortion, I mean, come on. If it's a felony crime for the doctor, shouldn't there be a, a criminal prosecution for the woman that solicits the crime? Um, another thing that you'll hear, I, I mean, you'll hear today about Oh, the protesters in front of the Supreme Court uh, justices' houses. Well, uh, the White House did release a statement that those demonstrations, um, you know, are, if they're legal protests, and usually what they're doing is they're walking by their homes, um, they're legal. And the White House has decried any violence. I'll tell you this. I'll be concerned about that. Once they knock down police barricades, hit police officers in the head with their signs, and storm inside Clarence Thomas's house saying, let's hang them, let's hang them. I'll, I'll be concerned when it approaches that degree of intimidation and bullying Clarence Thomas. Oh, we, we, we shouldn't be bullied. Well, Americans shouldn't have their right of protest suppressed either. Now, there was a fire that was set in an uh, anti-abortion clinic in um, Madison, Wisconsin. And of course, that is a terrible thing. And I, I don't know why they, there aren't cameras there recording, uh, you know, something like that. They have cameras at abortion clinics. And it wasn't that long ago, it was a little over a decade, that O'Reilly was on television every day describing George Tiller, an abortion doctor, as a baby killer. He's a baby killer. This man is out there killing babies. And then 
one of these anti-abortion religious nutcases came out with a gun and shot George Tiller to death, the doctor to death. And ironically, I believe it happened while he was at church. Not the, not the murderer after George Tiller was at church. So yeah, uh, uh, these things do get inflamed. And I had to laugh. Peggy Noonan wrote a column that said, oh, now that everybody will get what they want, those states that have... Uh, you know, that have that allow abortion, they'll be able to do that in those states that don't. And this won't be such a divisive issue anymore. That's Andrew Sullivan had a similar kind of argument. No, no, this is still going to be decisive and for quite a long time. Now, there are a few things that I'd uh, like to point out. Uh, one of them is they keep bringing up uh, Justice Ginsburg um, said that she didn't think this decision was very strong, Roe versus Wade. Um, well, believe me, Justice Ginsburg, Ginsburg was adamant about a woman's right to choose. She just thought it should have rested upon a different argument, the equal protection clause, something that would um, rest upon the rights of women themselves rather than a right of privacy. So I wonder if it's possible for somebody to start a lawsuit um, against this and uh, use a different argument. Now, I know the, if the Supreme Court comes out and bans it, that's one thing. But if you use a different argument, I wonder if that sort of um, uh, pleading is allowed. Now, Alito said this was an egregious decision. In fact, in his blistering and cynical and outrageous decision, citing a 17th century jurist um, who burned witches. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, if this was so egregious, how did so many Republicans, Republican jurists, appointed to the Supreme Court by Republican presidents, how did they endorse it? You know, Roe versus Wade originally was a seven to two decision. Potter Stewart, Republican. Justice Blackman. Blackman, you know, wrote the opinion, Roe versus Wade. Republican, appointed by a Republican president. Warren Burger, the chief justice, appointed by a Republican president. Uh, and then 20 years later, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, they adjusted the circumstances, but they endorsed the idea of the legal validity of abortion. And you had Blackman still on the court, appointed by a Republican, uh, Souter appointed by a Republican, O'Connor, Kennedy, all Republicans. It's so egregious, they couldn't see how egregious it was. Now, you may uh, disagree with the decision, but if you think it's egregious, how could so many Republicans, how could so many bipartisan decisions have looked at this over so many decades and not noticed that it was something that's egregious? 
should be identifiable to a variety of people as being wrong, as being bad. Now, I said I would talk about uh, 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 Justice Matthew Hale, jurist Matthew Hale. He was a 17th century jurist that Justice Alito mentions nine times in his leaked draft. This is a guy that said a husband could rape his wife as often as he wanted, that he, he presided on cases where two women were burnt as judges. And Justice Alito cites him nine times, in a, once every 10 pages. Now, if he's going to cite this 17th century misogynist, do you know there was something called the Buggery Act of 1533 in England? If you don't know what buggery is, go look it up. I'm not going to explain it to you right now. <laughs> but it basically outlawed homosexual acts. And you know what the penalty was? Death. Um, in 1861, that lasted up until 1861, Offenses Against the Person Act. They rescinded the death penalty. You only got 10 years for, for being gay. And of course, you might remember Oscar Wilde um, and his time in the Reading Jail. So if we can rely on Matthew Hale to show our historical precedence for 21st century court decisions, why can't we rely on the Buggery Act? Why can't we rely on the Offenses Against the Person Act? Both of these are English law. Both of these are historical English law. Actually, and the Buggery Act was, you know, was well known probably to the founders of the Constitution. Or at least known, if not well known. Now, let me point out some of the bright spots for the future that are getting some attention, but not a lot right now. Number one, 90 to 95% of abortions take place in the first trimester. And as I said at the top, I'm still waiting for somebody to tell me why we should ban first trimester abortions. What is your, you know, what is your validation? What is your reason? What is the purpose of that? 90 to 95% of them take place in the first trimester. The first trimester is 12 weeks. So even in those states that have a 15-week abortion ban, I think the one in Florida that we have now is 50, or that will kick in is 15 weeks. The one in Mississippi was originally a 15-week ban. That would allow every first trimester abortion, which would be 90 to 95% of them. The problem is, that's not good enough for these people. That's not good enough for the religious zealots. That's not good enough for the one-third of people that want 
to have control over a woman's body. So they are superseding this 15-week limit by making it six weeks based upon this idiotic pretense that there is a heartbeat at six weeks. They call it the heartbeat bill. Whereas, believe <laughs> this is like the Scopes trial. It's like trying to say the Scopes trial had nothing to do with religion. Oh, it's it's about parental rights, about how their children are going to be taught in school. If they hear about evolution, they won't believe Genesis. I mean, we've got to stop acting like we have blinders on our eyes when some things are obvious and are obviously egregious. Now, one of those things that got a lot of attention this week was the Republican effort to distract from the decision itself and focus on who is the leaker. Look what they've done. Look what they've done to the court. Look what they've done. Well, first of all, it isn't the first time. Even Roe was leaked. It was only leaked hours early. But this thing, this, uh, thing was leaked, this draft decision was leaked. It's a draft decision, remember. But it was leaked about, I don't know, five weeks before the ultimate uh, decision of the court will be released. So it's five weeks. And those people say, oh, it's a liberal plot. They're trying to get people. It would make more sense to, re to wait for the real decision and have people fired up closer to the um, uh, upcoming election in November. There are other people who say maybe it was Ginny Thomas. And there is some conjecture that it was leaked by a conservative element of the court because John Roberts is trying to swing at least two justices over to something less severe, something that would uh, validate the 15-week Mississippi um, banning of abortion after 15 weeks, but leave Roe versus Wade intact, in which would mean we'd come down from legalized abortion up to 24 weeks and um, down to 15. And, you know, Roberts, in fact, one of the interesting things is just days before this decision was leaked, the Wall Street Journal printed an, uh, an editorial saying that Roberts was trying to sway people on the court, that the court was going to overturn Roe versus Wade, but Roberts wanted something that was a little more um, compromising. Now, how did they know that? And today, the Washington Post, I can't remember whether it's two or three sources, have revealed to them the inner workings of the court. And the Washington Post identifies them as conservative sources. But they describe the activities and the arguments in deliberations of the court. Now, that, that's a leak. Um, so, you know, eventually we'll forget it. You know, we will see the actual decision. We'll forget all about, you know, this leak of the, uh, draft cons, uh, transcript, but what we'll be left with is a decision itself. Hey, maybe we'll all be psyched out and Roberts will succeed. 
and swinging over one. I doubt it because the dogma lives loudly in some of these Supreme Court justices. But if you want to find out who the leaker is, I would suggest that you hire Dick Bay to go in. Because for years on my show, I got guests to confess to all sorts of things. I had a spotlight I would throw on them. And if someone lied to me, I would say, you can fool Ricky Lake. You can fool Oprah Winfrey. You can pull the wool over Jerry Springer's eyes. But you can't fool Dick Bay. Detective Dick Bay had so many successful confessions that it became a mainstay of the program, The Richard Bay Show. One of the things I'll tell you afterwards, if you want to see two of them, here they are. It was a dark and stormy night. I was alone in the office, reviewing past cases and what stories they were. I had more stories than the Empire State Building. Once again, it was time for true confessions. And you're gonna hear the best confessions I have ever heard over the years. Our first story is an old one. In fact, it's so old. Take a look at Detective Dick Bay's face. The years have not been kind. You love this man, don't you? Yes, I do. And he's been telling us how much he loves you. In fact, he loves you so much, you're going to have a baby together, a child together to... We have one already. You do? Yes, oh, oh, we have okay. one. But he did propose to you? Oh, yes. So how come you're not married yet? Tell him why we're not married. Well, what do you think is the reason he didn't marry I have no idea. I think was... Um... I don't know. I guess he's afraid he have cold feet. I don't know. He has cold feet. Well, yeah. did you ever try massaging his feet? Maybe he has bad <laughs> circulation. It isn't his well, cold feet. I did feet. try several things. You, know? you did try several <laughs> things. But you do want to marry him. Oh, yes, badly, yes. I can tell you this. He wants to marry you. But What's he the problem? You're going to find out. He has a confession to make. A true confession. Amanda, you know, I really do love you yeah. from the bottom of my heart. And it's not because I'm giving you the runaround and I do have cold feet, but the truth is, I want to confess to you here and I want to tell you that I'm already married. So why you propose to me? Because I really do love you. And you I, want you to, I want you to stand by me and help me get through this. Wanda needed a little convincing, but Freddie wasn't going to give up so easily. I love you so much, I couldn't tell you. You love him, don't you? Yes, I I'm do. telling you now, and I don't want you to leave me. I want you to stand by me. We, have, we do have a baby girl. I have to. Will and I want to take care of my responsibilities. Will you stand by him? He's been gone for about a year and a half already. 
And the only reason I want to be with you is because you are a good mother to my kids. And my kids love you. If he can find her, he will divorce her. And then he will marry you. That's what he told us. I think if there's a will, there's a way. And I will find this woman to get a divorce from her. Are you all right? Are you okay? Why don't I go to break and give you a couple of minutes to think about everything. But you do love him. Yes. And you're going to stand by him? Our next confession could be the most happy confession of all. It does have something to tell you, something that you don't know. But before, before she tells you, you must be a little bit hungry, right? We got something yeah. special for you back here. Can we bring out that special meal? Now, wait a second. Here, we bought something. Here. Here, wait, wait, wait. Before you feed it to her, let's give him some. Here. Would you like to eat some of this? Pickles and ice cream? I don't think so. Pickles and ice cream. Why not? You, know, you don't like pickles and ice cream? Well, separately. Not together. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people who love pickles and ice cream. You know who loves pickles and ice cream? You're going to be loving pickles and ice cream, aren't you? Tell him why you're going to love pickles and ice cream. Well, remember that night I told you to come over when we broke up? Remember we was hitting it all night. <laughs> well, I'm pregnant. That's good news. Well, then give her a kiss and a hug. <laughs> you can fool Ricky. You can fool Oprah. You may pull the wool over Jerry Springer's eyes, but you can't trick Dick Bay. Well, Justice Roberts just unleash me on that Supreme Court. And Detective Dick Bay will find out who the leaker is. I'll get them to confess. <laughs> By the way, watching that, you know, it, it was miraculous. Uh, the crew I had helping me put that show together. You know, they they built that set. They, uh, Walter, with the sound effects that he came up with and the music underneath it all. And uh, the, the producers who ran out and got me the props and the hat. I also look at that and go, oh my God, I smoked cigarettes for so many years. I don't, I now, I've been chewing nicotine gum for the last, I don't know, well, since I was 50. So 20 years I'm chewing nicotine gum, like Obama. Obama, when, when he was in public and uh, it was over a long period of time, he'd be chewing that nicotine gum. Well, anyway, it's about time for me to get a piece of nicotine gum, get my fix of nicotine, and it's about time for me to say to all of you out there, 
all my best. Take care.